Welcome into the Landry Football Podcast Network as we want to put a bow on the wild card um, games. Obviously, you know what happened, but I wanted to get into the film and break down how all the games looked inside the film room. So we're going to do just that, kind of tell you what we saw and how things played out and obviously give you a little bit of a feel for the divisional playoff matchups. Of course, we're going to have right here on the Landry Football Podcast Network and on LandryFootball.com more detailed film room breakdowns, but we're going to have the breakdowns of all all four of the divisional matchups coming up. Let's start. Let's go back in reverse order and and start at the beginning with the impressive win by the Niners over the Seahawks. And when I broke down the tape, um, really thought that Debo Samuel – um, as well as the Seahawks, DK Metcalf put on a big time show. Each played very well, graded out well. Samuel totaled six receptions, 130 receiving yards, a touchdown, big 74 yard catch and run. They <clears throat> put the Niners up by three scores in the fourth quarter. He forced a couple of missed tackles. I thought that uh, Metcalf was outstanding in his own right. He totaling uh, 10 receptions, 136 yards, two touchdowns. Caught four of his five contested uh, targets defensively. It shouldn't be surprising that um, uh, Oemano was the game standout on defense. Five total pressures, two sacks. Um, he was a uh, was big, big factor uh, for them. Charles Oemano has been, been a really, really blessing for them. Um, I thought Brock Purdy played very well, put on a winning performance. 18 to 30, 332 passing yards, three touchdowns. Well, it's fair to say that Purdy is is aided by this supporting cast. I thought he did a good job under pressure in a couple of moments. I thought he avoided negative plays and he made some positive ones. I thought both offensive lines did a really good job in the game, but the 49ers offensive line was particularly excellent, especially in pass protection. Allowed just five total pressures across 32 pass blocking snaps. Uh, the offensive line paved the way for 180 rushing yards from a Christian McCaffrey and the entire crew. So really impressive performance without question, um, the 49ers. Now, as they host Dallas this week, um, it's going to be a different matchup, one in which um, they've got to be careful, as they normally do, offensively staying on schedule, running the football, um, slowing down, uh, attacking the Cowboys where they're not as strong, and that is defending the run. They're good at getting off the ball, rushing the passer. But the Niners do such a good job marrying up their their running pass game and staying on schedule, staying with their offense, uh, working the short passing game. Uh, I don't know that the Cowboys are – going to have a chance to be able to tee off on Brock Purdy. Certainly they're going to give him some looks. They're going to bring some pressure. Um, I think that they certainly are going to have to be disruptive in the screen game uh, and on the outlet passes. And if they can do that, they could cause some problems. And and uh, I think the Cowboys are going to have to be great on offense to have a chance, maybe get a lead to make this game go the other way. But uh, really, uh, this Niner team's playing very well. They're in pretty good shape um, going into next week's matchup. Jacksonville um, getting the win over the Chargers. Um, falling behind 27-0. Um, 
Um, storm back to win 31-30. Third largest comeback in postseason history. Um, it, it, Trevor Lawrence was the story. He was the story in the first half when he played so poorly. He was the story in the second half when he, I thought, showed a lot of mental toughness and to put that bad performance behind him and come back. So the second-year quarterback was was incredible in the second half, surgical. Three touchdowns, no interceptions, uh, lit up. I had a lightning 144 passer rating, just simply outstanding. <clears throat> I thought Asante Samuel, excuse me, Asante Samuel Jr. had an all-time performance. Picked off Lawrence three times, forced an incompletion, hit three interceptions, fell one short of the postseason record set by Vernon Perry. Ironically, against the Chargers, he was, Vernon was with the uh, Oilers against the Chargers in 79. It was the first time since the 03 season and ninth instance that a player had three interceptions in the playoff game. Uh, he was, was outstanding for the Chargers. Uh, I really thought that. Jameer Salyer played very well, um, as he has most of this year, but particularly well in this game as a rookie. He's doing a great job substituting for the um, uh, Rashawn Slater. Um, I thought that uh, the Jags did a really good job on the offensive line protecting Lawrence. He allowed only one sack and one hit on 52 pass blocking snaps. Uh, Lawrence's blindside was protected very well. Uh, Walker Little, left guard Tyler uh, Shatley, and the center Luke Fortner uh, only allowed one pressure each on the night. Really, really good performances. So um, it was not a, a good look for the Chargers. Uh, it was was really bad in that we you get a big lead. They had no answers on offense to finish off the game. They couldn't get stops on defense. Yes, it was a big-time comeback for the Jags. I always say when you have a comeback like that, it requires two things to happen. A great job coming back, but it also has to go along with a collapse by the team that's got the lead. Because just a couple of stops... You don't have to play great in the second half. You have to get a few stops, a couple of stops. You have to get a couple of first downs. You got to stay on the field. The inability there caused a lot of problems. We've got changes already on the Chargers coaching staff. Um, Shane Day, the quarterback coach, and Joe Lombardi, uh, the offense coordinator of the Chargers, have been fired, and uh, they're going to try to revamp that offense. Um, there's been a lot of talk, and I do agree that from a football standpoint, purely having somebody like a Sean Payton replace a Brandon Staley would make all the sense in the world when you consider the talent of a Justin Herbert. The problem is that the Dean, the Spanos family, Dean Spanos and the Spanoses are notoriously cheap, not a very rich um, ownership group, and uh, they're not going to spend that type of money to get Sean Payton and to relieve what they owe Brandon Staley. So they're going to make the moves within house <clears throat> Buffalo, Miami was um, a surprising game to me. Um, 
it looked like the Bills to me was tailor made to put this game away and go and and run away with it. I thought this had a chance to be one of the more up up lopsided games uh, of the weekend, and, and instead the Dolphins battled back uh, again. Some unforced errors by Buffalo. Um, they were able to ice the game and win it at 34-31, but mistakes, turnovers were critical, and it cost them. You saw the good and the bad with Josh Allen, six big-time throws, two turnover-worthy plays, multiple first downs with his legs, a lot of wild plays, but the negatives allowed Miami to get back in the game. Many of those uh, big plays went to Gabe Davis who's back in playoff form from a year ago. He all in six of nine targets, 113 yards, a score in his last three playoff games. Davis now has 355 yards, six scores. They're going to have to play a cleaner game against Cincinnati or they're not going to win. Uh, they're the better team of the two. They're more explosive and they've got more answers. They're going to be at home. But if they lose the turnover margin by, uh, by two or three, Cincinnati's been very a very clean team. They're plus seven in turnover margin. They don't win this. They turn the football over. That is applicable in most games. It definitely will apply in the uh, upcoming game uh, in the division championship uh, against Cincinnati. The Dolphins defense sacked Allen seven times. But uh, <clears throat> it was a man who didn't record a single one who did the most damage. Jalen Phillips did everything he could to get the Dolphins a win. He racked up. Nine pressures, six run stops. He let all players in this game. Uh, dynamic, you know, game for the former first-round pick. Um, he just unbelievable performance. Just graded out extremely well and really essentially took the game over. Um, as far as rookie that stood out, um, I thought he was the, the you know, certainly a, a – Adding a asking a seventh round rookie to drop back, throw it fifty one times in a road playoff game is ridiculous. Tyler Thompson was was outstanding. I thought he did a good job. He has had three turnover worthy plays. <clears throat> that was a lot to ask, and he hung them in there. It wouldn't have been if the Bills had not made the type of mistakes they did. But you've got to. Give your team a chance, and that was the best chance that they had. The Bills are going to have to find a way to deal with their right tackle problem going forward. Spencer Brown allowed seven pressures on 48 pass blocking attempts. This is going to be pivotal on how well he's able to play and how how well they're able to get play from the right tackle spot. Uh, It's going to be critical against Cincinnati. They can ill afford to have that type of performance or – Again, they're going to be in trouble in this matchup. <laughs> the Giants get it done over Minnesota. And what maybe was a surprise to many, the Vikings, though, their record, it's a perfect example of a good regular season team. Folks, if you are a really good offense that are not good on defense, you may be able to win a lot of games in the regular season, particularly as Minnesota won a lot of close ones and, Looked like they were living on borrowed times. You could say the same thing about the Giants, that they managed to win games and you, you wonder how they're doing it. But the reality is the Vikings defense has been bad. 
Um, Daniel Jones tore him up. He led the Giants 78 rushing yards, um, over 300 passing yards, carried the ball 17 times in total, came up big in multiple key spots against a bad Viking defense. Uh, Dexter Lawrence was dominant against a Vikings offensive line um, that couldn't block him at all. He led the Giants in pressures and pressure rate, and it was consistently running through the Vikings interior, having a lot of disruptive plays in the passing game. Kayvon Thibodeau didn't get much from the Vikings offensive line. He generated uh, not a lot of pressure in this game. Um, Evan Neal is still an issue at right tackle for the Giants, but it was, um, to me, about Daniel Jones, Dexter Lawrence against a Vikings defense that just didn't have any answer defensively. And I thought Kirk Cousins played well. I thought he made enough plays for him to win. Just, you know, you've got to get some stops. You're going to have, you're going to be short-lived in the playoffs if you can't get stops. I just thought that Daniel Jones in particular was the difference in advancing into the first round by the Giants versus, say, the Vikings advancing in the first round. I think it's going to be difficult for the Giants to beat the Eagles. They're going to need um, an even better performance, a cleaner performance, and probably going to need um, Jalen Hurts to not be as effective in this matchup. So that's a look at um, the first three matchups of the weekend, the four matchups of the weekend, excuse me. The final two uh, on uh, Sunday night, we had Cincinnati beating Baltimore in a game that, again, I thought would be a little bit more one-sided. Baltimore, much like Miami, played great. Thought the defense was outstanding. Um, Thought they pressured Joe Burrow all game long, had every chance to win it. Um, but the Bengals fended them off and, um, was able to get it done. Uh, it was a conservative outing from the Bengals, Joe Burrow. They didn't attack downfield because they didn't have enough time to do so. That's the reason why their average yard depth of target was only 6.3 and they had zero big time throws, the pass rush. It's going to be the key, and it's going to be the key in the game against Buffalo is how well can they protect uh, this pass rush of the Bills. Now, there's a lot of soft coverage played by Baltimore, but the offensive line was the biggest problem for Cincinnati here, and I thought he did a really good job of getting the ball out quickly, did borrow, and, um, and, and he didn't put the ball in harm's way, zero turnover-worthy plays in the game. I thought Bengals linebacker Logan Wilson and edge defender Sam Hubbard, um, that play was one of the biggest game-changing plays I've seen uh, this year. I mean, you got Baltimore going in, and they're going to take a lead, and they're down. That's a 14-point swing. It was the play of the game, the key game of the game, and I don't know that Cincinnati survives the game if it that uh, play by Wilson and, and Hubbard didn't take place. So uh, <clears throat> on the play, for people that are wondering, it, it just was was a poor technique with an understanding by Tyler Huntley. If you're going to run the push play, you got to go low. 
if you're going to go over the top, then you go high. Um, it, it just going high there was not the play and was obviously very, very costly. I thought Kyle Hamilton played very well for the Ravens. He's played very well. The rookie has all year long. He forced a fumble, totaled four defensive stops, didn't miss any tackles um, had nine, in his nine attempts. Um, as I mentioned, Cincinnati's rough offensive line situation got even worse. Ro- uh, Jonah Williams exited with an injury. And Jackson Corman getting in there. Hakeem Ajande had a rough night. Three pressures allowed, eight pass blocking losses in total. Ted Karras um, was, was pretty effective. But that's going to be the key. I do think the right side of the offensive line of the Bills, and I think the, the same for the Bengals, is very likely going to be pivotal in that divisional playoff game in Buffalo in determining the outcome. And of course, on Monday night, um, in breaking down the game, it was it was pretty clear from the start that Tampa had nothing. Look, when I studied Tampa all year long, it was pretty clear this was an old team, a slow team, not very good, and. On Monday night, it was evident that they've never looked slower or older or less effective. We get to thinking with certain names and what have you that this team won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, and we think they're really good. The reality is they've, they're they not nearly as good if you watch them. They haven't been good all year long. Now, with the Cowboys, you never know what you're going to get. The Cowboys have been mistake-prone. They don't play smart football very often. They played a great game. Dak Prescott started off slow, but, boy, it didn't take long for him to get it going. And he he just took over this game. Um, they absolutely took apart this Buck defense, got him, um, took advantage of coverage, mishaps, very impressive performance. He missed on his first three throws to Dak, but he ended up 25 for 33 for 305 passing yards, four touchdowns. All three of those incompletions were drops, if you look at them. He didn't make any big-time throws, but he didn't make any turnover-worthy mistake plays. <clears throat> I thought for the Bucks, Mike Edwards and Sean uh, Murphy Bunting, Combined to surrender 11 catches on 13 targets for 157 yards and two scores. Uh, One of those incompletions was a misfire from Dak Prescott on a screen on the first drive. The the secondary was a disaster for Tampa. It absolutely cost them. Um, Both teams, um, you know, when I look at a couple of notes here, uh, Cowboys rookie Tyler Smith, Spent time at both left guard and left tackle. Didn't let, let up any pressures across 37 pass blocking snaps. He's on track to earn the highest pass blocking grade of the game and did a really good job. Um, I thought um, overall <clears throat> the center position, um, it, you know, uh, Jensen and Biotic, but Jensen – playing his first game of the season after severing that torn ACL. I uh, had gave up five pressures just for the third time in the game. Biotic uh, really struggled in this game. This is going to be a problem. I would say that 
while the storyline is the win and how well they played up up front, I think Dallas has got some problems potentially. Uh, in looking at the tape, Biotic played very poorly and not going to be good enough to hold off this impressive San Francisco defensive front if he doesn't play better. They're going to have to look at scheming things a little differently, get the running game going. I think this is going to be a tough matchup for the Cowboys. They're going to have to play loose and free, but, you know, the Cowboys are always seemingly under the pressure to win. The one thing about the Cowboys is that even when they're the underdogs, which they clearly are going to San Francisco, they're like considered the favorites. There's an expectation of winning, and if you don't win, oh, there you go, you blew it again. Well, it's really not reality. Um, and I think a lot of that's put forth with the owner. Jerry talking about, well, I, you know, it just it reminds me of the, the teams in the 90s when we went. Jerry, there's nothing to do with that. And that's biggest part of the problem is now there's an expectation. You're going in and playing a much better Niner team. It would be a huge upset. And this Cowboy team, quite frankly, is just not good enough to beat San Francisco uh, unless something unusual happens into the game. But we shall see a reminder. You can get more detailed film room breakdowns of uh, all the playoff, uh, all the division playoff games over at LandryFootball.com. Take advantage of our holiday savings special that we've got going on right now. Also a reminder, you can get all the offseason, the breakdowns, free agency, the draft, everything that we've got going on. We've got it prepared for you over there. So make sure that you check that out over at LandryFootball.com. Uh, also subscribe, like, and share the Landry Football Podcast Network where you can get all of our football show content. Um, we've got college information as well, the transfer portal, all the off-season uh, evaluations in the college and pro game at LandryFootball.com. Take advantage of the holiday savings special today where you can get all of our detailed. Who's been the great, uh, top graded players in the league this year, uh, team by team? Who are the best free agent candidates? Uh, who are the guys that uh, your team should take a look out for? and free agency. Uh, what's the latest news and notes uh, on everything in the NFL and college football, LandryFootball.com. Again, take advantage of our holiday savings special there. Uh, we'll be back uh, again. Remember to subscribe, like, and share the Landry Football Podcast Network wherever you get your podcasts. And we look forward to getting back with you very soon to talk more football with you. Uh, so enjoy the games. We'll talk to you next time, everyone.